Welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. In this episode, you will discover where you could be more effective and connected in your relationships, tools you can use uh, to build rapport and trust right away, and you will discover how to connect with tough clients. My guest today is Leah Fink. Welcome, Leah. Hello. Good to see you. We're both in Calgary, Alberta. That's probably doesn't happen on my show very often. No. And so um, we got a bunch of snow here a week or two ago, but it kind of warmed up a little bit. And by warm, I mean it's close to zero degrees Celsius. That's warm for us during this time of year. It was like minus 30 for a few year, a few days, not for a few years. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So how's your day so far? Ah, it's been fantastic. And I do like that it's warming up. It makes a real difference. It does. It does. The snow is guys, like we literally had about a meter of snow on our on our driveway on the on the banks there by shoveling the snow. There was a lot of snow for this time. And we don't typically get this time this much snow in November. No, warm, warm October, and then winter hit very, very suddenly and fiercely. Absolutely. Like, yeah, we we were surprised. Anyway, let me do the proper introduction for uh, Leah. I'm going to dive into an interesting conversation about increasing your ROR or return on relationship. Leah was fortunate to start her personal development journey as a teenager and became inspired to help others on their journeys. After working in addictions and mental health, she realized how essential it is for people to do this work proactively and how critical relationships are to our health. Leah's greatest motivation was helping two people uh, to not choose suicide. She knows that it was feeling connected and inspired a positive, a positive self-view that made all the difference. Leah Fink is now the owner of All Thrive, where she gives people the skill to have amazing personal and professional relationships. Welcome again. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. And so we're talking about increasing your ROR or your return on relationships today. Let's start with your story, Leah. What is your story? Yeah. Well, thank you for the lovely introduction. And that does touch on parts of it, of course, but helping people figure out all those parts of life that are the soft skills that we maybe don't talk about has been my passion since I was a teenager. I was super fortunate to get to do a lot of that work myself. And I saw right from the beginning, the difference it made in my life. If you've done any personal development work, you come back and you go, why is everyone doing things the other way? This is so much better. It's a, it's an amazing feeling. And I really want to support other people that way. And one of the places that my path led me with that was uh, one of my degrees is in social work. And I was really trying to understand people and how they work and more about mental health, because that's language that was becoming more acceptable and that people were finally understanding more. And so then I did. I worked in addictions and mental health for quite a while uh, with a wilderness-based youth program. And addictions are an amazing microcosm, let's say, of how human behavior works. Um, both in healthy ways and in not so healthy ways and not just drug addiction, but we all have habits that don't serve us. And we're aware of that. We all have challenges in relationship. We all have some confusion sometimes about what direction we should go. And that was really what we focused on this program. We didn't talk as much about, you know, substance abuse. We talked a lot about 
who do you want to reconnect with? How are you going to do that? What What's important to you and how do you want to move forward? And it was absolutely tragic to me that a lot of these youth, you know, some of them had been living on the streets. Some of them had been dealing drugs. Um, some of them had court records, you know, assault charges, whatever it was. And it was only then that they were getting these skills that were essentially like really basic ways of connecting with yourself and others. And through that whole process as well, I was recognizing relationships as this core piece. Every problem, every solution seemed to come in some part from this relational piece. And so that was what kind of solidified it in me. And I went, well, I want to keep doing this work. I want to help people with their relationships. And we need to do it way more proactively. Right. Our society, you know, you're having some problems, uh, you know, be, until you have the problems, you're getting like a pat on the head, like, good job, Mustafa, you're doing fine. And then suddenly you start having challenges. And it's only when usually we get to a pretty low point that suddenly, you know, you're using your benefits to see a psychologist or you're in an addiction program or you're going through a divorce. And why aren't we addressing those things earlier on? So that's that's really become my passion. And that's why I started my business was to help people, to help businesses find more success by leveling up their relationship skills. Interesting. Interesting. So it's it's about relationships for business people. It's about relationships for everyone. So some of the patterns that you have, for example, you know, I know you network. When you network, you're going to use certain communication skills. You're going to assume certain things about other people you're maybe going to try to find feedback from other people in those conversations mm -hmm. those are actually the same skills you use when you're back at home with your family when you're talking to your friends and often they come from like a really unconscious place right like you saw your parents growing up and what they did how they communicated and you just assume that's the way things happen and i see this so often and i hear it from so many people of I thought everything was good until I thought my communication skills were really good until my wife divorced me. I thought, you know, my networking skills were really good, but I realized no one's actually following up or giving me referrals. So it's those pieces that we're, we're so unconscious about them because everyone has relationships. You've had relationships since you were, you know, a, a baby. And how do you yeah. become more aware and more skillful in them that you're actually sounds weird to say, but like, get what you want out of them, that everyone's needs are met. And it's a really healthy thing that's moving you forward in the way you want to go. Hmm. So what do you do these days? And who do you serve? Yeah, so uh, with my company, All Thrive, right now, I'm focusing on serving businesses, like I said, find success by leveling up their relationship skills. So I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, and I kept hearing a lot of the same problems. And the problems you know, you won't surprise you that they were a lot in relationship, right? So I'm networking a lot. It's not getting me the results I want. Um, you know, when I meet clients, I feel uncomfortable building those relationships quickly or getting that quick rapport. Uh, when I go through my sales process, I'm not very confident in it, or it's hard to do that sales piece. If I have objections, I don't want to feel salesy. So I back off and don't get sales. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm serving my clients in the way that they need. I don't know how to continue relationships with clients once they've used me for my product or service once. And all of those, and, and actually the biggest, the, a really challenging one for a lot of entrepreneurs as well is I don't have community, right? I don't have 
other entrepreneurs who understand this weird journey that we're all on a bit different than a, an employee. Um, and just all of those pieces together make it really hard to be successful as an entrepreneur because we rely so heavily on relationship. I need to be able to talk with you and have this shared sense of camaraderie pretty quickly in a lot of cases for you to know, like, and trust me. Cause if you don't know, don't like, know. And trust me, how, how do we succeed? Yeah, and the entrepreneurial journey is extremely difficult compared to other type of journeys. Um, I know in Canada, back in the day, the number was one out of five people is dealing with mental issues and mental health of some sort. And I, I, I heard or read somewhere that, that that number with entrepreneurs is between 60 to 70% yeah. with mental issues and mental health. Like... This morning, I'll give you a personal example. Yeah. This morning, I got up. I was feeling really good. Did my meditation. Feeling great. All of a sudden, I think it was around 11. Yeah. I was sad. And I didn't know why. And I'm just doing my work, doing my things, and you know, a bunch of things happening. All of a sudden, I'm like, uh-oh. Like, I don't feel like working anymore. And so it, it it is it's a roller coaster, and you're right. It's like it's really tough. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, a, a million percent. I love that you brought up that stat because it is one I talk about a lot. I've heard even up to seventy four percent, which is just a crazy number. But you think of all of these pieces that pile up for entrepreneurs, right? So you have the stress of taking on this whole thing often by yourself. A lot of entrepreneurs start as solopreneurs, so mm -hmm. you've got all these extra responsibilities. Uh, especially if you're a solopreneur, you probably don't have the same kind of community you did when you were an employee. Um, people who aren't entrepreneurs, like I said, sometimes it can be hard for them to understand the journey. And so getting that empathy and, and connection and relationship, and you're probably taking less time because you're so focused on your work, you might have less time in your personal relationships. And all of those pieces do really accumulate. And this is where that proactive piece to me really comes in. Cause we, if, if we let these things linger, like if you're having a sad day today and you start having a sad day tomorrow and the sad day after that, and you're not doing anything about it to kind of work those mental wellness muscles, same way you would a physical muscle, then it's really easy to just keep continuing it. It reinforces itself. And suddenly you do end up in this place of stress, depression, anxiety, People, I think, tend to think of them as, as illnesses sometimes that are a bit more hereditary and it's only from that place, but they come from, you know, this this lack of well-being in your whole life, in your body, in your relationships. So thank you for mentioning that. It's a huge, important part to me. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, it's tough with all the decisions and all the responsibilities and all the, uh, there's like, some people call CEOs as chief everything officers and like entrepreneurs. Yeah. A lot of us are like chief everything officers. And especially I think men do really worse in this part. Like women are used to connecting to each other, talking to each other. And they usually don't have a lot of uh, blockages with getting help or reaching out to help. But men are so stubborn and they're like, Oh, I'm going to try to figure this out on my own. And, Although I'm dying and I can't breathe, but I'm still going to try to rough it out and <laughs> do everything on my own. And yeah. so it's interesting. Well, there's so, 
Well, I, yeah, I, I affirm like there, there is also a societal piece of how we're trained, right? Like I, I do believe men are trained a bit by our culture, Western culture, that they should be tough and they should stick it out. And um, I, yeah, I really encourage any men who are listening that you don't have to be that way, that there's huge strength and um, support you can find from people and that's not being weak. It's just seeking success. It's winning. A lot of men are competitive. That's winning is when you have a, a really good team around you. And yeah, so it's, it's a great point. 100%. Gang, if you're watching or listening and if you have any questions about relationships for Leah, put them in a comment uh, and we'll do our best to cover them. And if you want to share anything about your experience, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll, uh, definitely, uh, go over it. So here's a comment. I'm trying to reach out to other business owners on social. I'm finally able to connect, but I'm not sure how to keep conversations going. That's a great question. It is a great question. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming I can share my thoughts here. hundred uh, percent. So, so my first question, and you might not have the chance to answer this while we're talking, but what is your agenda? What would the ideal outcome of that conversation be? Are you trying to meet with other business owners on Facebook so you can book a networking or discovery call with them? Are you trying to create, um, so like maybe JV partnerships? Are you trying to make collaborative projects with them? I think that piece is a, a real piece of clarity to start. Um, a lot of people, I mean, social media is such an interesting space for relationship because it can be very connecting in some ways, like, like this show, there's a space for us to be vulnerable in front of people on social media. You talked a little bit about your challenges. I'm, I'll talk about my challenges as an entrepreneur and some of the pieces that I've struggled with in relationship. And that could be a way that people want to reach out. The cold reach out on social media is very challenging because you might not have had that opportunity to develop any vulnerability, which people usually connect with. Um, depending on how you reach out, I hope you're not reaching out in the way of the LinkedIn uh, ads that we get from people saying, I want to connect because I run an SEO company and you need SEO. And they just kind of batter you with information. Um, because once again, that's not creating that connection. And I see that you've responded. Learn more about their business. Buy this or buy that. I want to learn about their businesses and their challenges. Great. So that is a great mindset to start out with is it sounds like you're really questioning. And this is the most powerful thing is, you know, acknowledge what they're saying, ask a question. This is across the board. This is for sales. This is for when you meet people. What did they say? Great. Comment on that. And then ask them what's happening. Now, what you might find with business owners, again, on social media, because social media is it's a whole separate expense is because they don't have that connection to you, they might not want to answer right away, right? They might ghost you is probably the most likely one, which I suspect you're getting a lot of. Maybe they'll answer once or in short sentences. I have to say my strategy personally is trying to create a stronger connection. So you can do that a couple of ways. If you do want to just go through messaging reach out, um, there's ways you can make little videos and then send them as a message. Those often get much better interactions. Like you seeing us on the screen right now, there's a face, there's a voice. So much of our language comes through our, our voice and our tone and our body language. So that's one way. The other one I would suggest is if they're businesses and you're reaching out, they should have a number. They should have an email. And I've had way more success through reaching out through those and just sending them maybe a quick message, a quick email saying, hey, 
we were chatting on LinkedIn. I was really curious about this or call them. Mm. I know people don't call as much, but having to pick up that phone, if you're serious about making this relationship, I would suggest that investment piece that you take that little bit of extra time. And this is the ROR versus ROI part, right? As everyone thinks of you invest your return on investment. It's when you want a relationship with these people on Facebook or on uh, LinkedIn, what have you invested? Why, why would they listen to you? What have you invested that they're saying, oh, there was value for me. So I want to reach back out to this person. It's, hu- it's the way humans work, right? We get value oh, from no. people and we feel more inclined to want to help them to answer their questions. Absolutely. One of the things that one of my friends actually taught me and it works pretty well is once you start, uh, once you get, once you get past the initial, you know, pleasantries and, and, and saying hi, blah, blah, blah. One of the things that he does is he invites them to a complimentary live training on Zoom where they get to see each other. He teaches a piece and he they connect with their community. Right. That's a great way for the prospect to see who this person is, get a hold of each other, see the training. Maybe they get to ask once the new, new person comes into this training, they could ask about their challenges, problems, frustrations and issues and whatnot, and then take it from there. Totally. Well, that's, again, it's a piece that is a gift. It's an offering that supports someone. So they're more likely to buy in. It gets you that in-person through the screen contact, at least of a live interaction. And, you know, just think about that too. There are other ways you can offer that gift. Sometimes people don't want to immediately talk about their challenges. Cause if you just ask someone up front, like, Hey, Mustafa, what are the problems with your business? I don't think, you know, this person's asking that, but it can be a little bit of a defense uh, mechanism piece. Whereas also you can just offer, like when I connect with new people on LinkedIn, my first question is like, how could I serve your business? Tell me the top thing I could do right now. Can I reshare a post? You can offer a couple things. Can I reshare a post for you? Um, can I comment on something? All of those pieces, once again, it's, it's giving of that value. So they have a sense of, I'm willing to give you the time to answer this question. Cause that's their precious time as an entrepreneur. Love it. So the question was, how can I serve your business? I, I use, yeah. How can I serve your business? Um, you know, thanks for connecting with me on LinkedIn. Was there a reason you connected? How can I help you? It's, it's really all it is is saying like, Oh yeah. Nice. Nice. So let's go back to into relationships. Yeah. How did you end up in relationships out of all the stuff that you experienced? Like, was there like a, 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 a an event or something that happened where you realized that you need to focus on relationships? Ooh. It's 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 it is a two part. Like one, like I said, when I was in working in addictions, that right away you you do notice it everywhere, right? The broken relationships how strong relationships are as a mental health factor and a resilience factor. Um, And then personally, just to be honest, like I was that geeky, awkward kid, didn't have a ton of relationships, but the ones I had, I thought were really strong. And as I grew up, I really started to see the places where I could be improving them, right? I lost some relationships in very painful ways, right? Lost a really good friend because of misunderstandings that we could have gotten past had I had these skills now. Um, And then if that kind of culminated in something though, um, you know, like you mentioned in my bio, I had a couple people who I was able to help um, through suicidal ideation and really recognizing that 
if those relationships, if their relationship with me hadn't existed in that moment, what would have happened? To be quite honest, like we, you know, we had a family friend who lost to suicide when I was quite young. Um, I got to see the impact, you know, through my family, through all their friends, through everyone. And to have had the opposite happen and, and look back at it and go, I am so grateful that in that moment, I had done something right, that this person felt safe was huge. And of course, you can't just say, say this one thing perfectly and everyone will always trust you and like you. Relationships take this work. And that's where I wanted to help people because so, so much of the time, and this is the most heart-wrenching thing to me, is I talk to people and they're trying so hard, right? People in couples who are just, you know, they're putting their whole heart into the other person is not reciprocating or not feeling the same. They both, both might care, but they're not noticing it. Um, you know, entrepreneurs, as I started working with that audience, who were trying so hard, like maybe putting so much time into networking or putting so much time into these um, consultation calls with clients and not getting anything back. And it hurts because that, that is a reach out, right? That's me reaching out to you in a relational way saying, I want to help you. I want to build this. And so, yeah, so relationships to me, they are just the core of everything. I, I do truly believe that's my purpose is helping people know that they're cared for. And I do that by giving people the skills to care for themselves and others. Um, do you also focus or put any emphasis on a person's relationship with themselves versus the relationship with others? Yes, a hundred percent. Um, I, I would say, in fact, that's, that's where the journey starts with all of this. So for example, have you done any personality typology? Like a Myers-Briggs or a Enneagram? I've done DISC. You've done DISC, great, like DISC. I use True Colors. It's a great one, nice and fun, easy to remember, people use it. Um, the first part of that is you go through, and anyone who's done one of these, you go through a bunch of questions probably, or a bunch of statements or a bunch of words, and you say, this is the most like me, this is less like me, right? Pretty simple. And from that, you usually get a, a thing. You're maybe you're a D, maybe you're a blue, maybe you're an INTF, right? And from that, then you, that's that first part of self-learning. That is relationship with self. Oh, I didn't realize that I'm more introverted. I didn't realize that this is this way. The second part of that, so and that's the beginning of everything, right? I do work with leadership, for example. One of the first things you have to do in leadership is recognize, well, what's my experience of power of other leaders and other people who have helped me? Oh, how does that impact other people? How does that impact my leadership? So that's part one. But then the part two is, okay, I've learned about it in this isolation of my own experience. Now, how do I apply it to helping how I interact with other people? So for example, so, so one of my pieces, so I, like I said, I love true colors as a personality typology. When I first did it for myself, I learned that my strongest personality type was the logical analytical. And one of the reasons it was my strongest type is because that's how I like to communicate. So I'm more likely to go from a place of facts and knowledge and information. I say, I think a lot. And my first realization to that, because my second uh, color or type, type was relational. And I went, oh my God, this makes so much sense. I'm always reaching out to people. And this is one of the reasons maybe that I'm not feeling the connection that I'm hoping to feel because I'm not talking in a way that they feel connected. So the first part is 
I realize I'm this way. The second part is how does that interact with other people, with their way of being, with how I help people, with how I communicate, all of those pieces. And so the you're totally right. The foundational is what's my relationship with me? How do I accept that? How do I lessen that judgment? And then what does that mean to other people? Yeah, because I've done some work in this area myself, on myself and with myself. And I think my relationship with my with myself kind of determines my relationship with others. If I'm not good to myself, I'm probably not going to be good to others and vice versa. And so well, it's, it's, it's a complicated world. world. It's <laughs> the relationship world is there's a lot into it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an interesting piece because one of the things that often happens, right, is the classic. Yes, you can't love others until you love yourself. Mm hmm. And we are also told as a society, and especially as women in this case, is that we're supposed to serve others first, right? Mother, women are supposed to be the caregivers and take care of others. And a lot of people hide their pain, their challenges with themselves behind helping others. Because it is often easier and very fulfilling to say, okay, well, I don't feel good about myself, but if I help this person, I can feel good. Right. Yeah. In social work, I think they called it the, the wounded healer or something. Right. I'm trying to help others because I'm feeling this pain. And it does work to some extent in a fake it till you make it. You are still doing something good, which probably feeds you, makes you feel good. And the flip side of that, which I often get to, is talking about what that actually means for your self-care and how you take care of yourself. Because. The reality is, I know self-care is like a really hot buzzword and everyone goes, yeah, yeah, I need to do yoga and take walks. I get it. I'm going to right, have my work-life balance. But the part of self-care is it actually very quickly can become an ethical issue. So you are this, you know, person who's maybe in a bit of pain, not accepting themselves. You want to help others. And you're in so much pain and stress that you're not calm. You're not present in the same way that you want to be the classic like parent that's super tired and stressed out and then yells at their kid they don't want to yell at their kid <laughs> what they what they were was so much in this place of not being able to care for themselves that I would argue it is this unethical expression of the way that they're trying to help so instead of saying hey let's figure that out together they screamed at their kid and how often might you be serving clients in a way that you think is really helpful and they can just tell you are stressed, you're worried about something, maybe you're snapping at them, maybe you're not using helpful language for them, right? How does that all work? So it's a great point you're making. For sure. Um, how do I know or how do people know if they need to work on their relationships, if they need improvements and there's like, um, and, and you brought up some examples earlier, like about business people, like if you're not getting referrals, if you're not getting introductions and, and whatnot, how do I know my relationship skills or my communication skills when it comes to relationships suck and I'm not good at it or <laughs> <laughs> that they could use some improvement? Yeah, right. What are maybe some signs here that we should be looking for? Uh, well, first of all, I think it's funny that you asked that question because I'm literally, I've had multiple people ask it. So I'm in the process of making a quiz that helps people get a bit of a sense of what those indicators are. Um, so people, you know, reach out if you want to to try that out. It's just in its final uh, 
publishing process here. And I would say there's there's a couple different cues you can watch for. The first one is in your entrepreneurial journey. It really is like, look at your sales. Look at what's working and what's not. So for example, if you're reaching out a lot on social media, let's say you're spending two hours a day doing it because that's the strategy you're using. And you find that no one's reaching back out to you or you're not continuing those relationships. That to me would be an indicator. Oh, okay, something's, something's not up. I want to adjust something in how I'm approaching these people. We had some ideas today. At the same time that you're doing that, I suspect you're doing something else that maybe is connecting you more. Maybe you're doing some in-person networking. Maybe you have great referrals from everyone. Like everyone that worked with you loved you. And maybe you're just not asking them those questions of, well, who else do you know? Who else could I help? How else could I help them? And so it's more about, I would say, like start looking and doing that tracking of where have I been putting my energy and where is it coming back to me, right? That return on relationship. Also, and this is one of the practices that I often go a lot into with people on, on every level, it's huge, is as a society, we're not great with feedback. And feedback being, I mean, most people are pretty good at pumping each other up and like, oh, you're doing great. But we're not good at talking very specifically about what's working, what's not working, how could we make it better? And so if you have opportunities, if you have clients you've already worked with that you're like, everything felt easy with this person. Um, why was why was this so good? Or clients that you're challenged with actually taking a moment to say, hey, I've just noticed, you know, we, we've had this really great relationship. You've seemed really served by my work. I'm just wondering what's what's the thing that I'm doing that's really supporting you? What's the thing that's helping you most? Okay, great. Is Is there anything I could do to add value to our time together? It's, it's that easy, but try, trying to keep neutral language being ready, obviously, because getting feedback can be a little pinchy, a little painful. So, mm. you know, being being ready for that. But we don't ask. Like people will do maybe a feedback form at the end of a workshop or, you know, a situation and someone will say, yeah, things are better. Well, what does that mean? I mean, I do this with my husband, actually, every month we have feedback. You know, what's the thing you love most this last month? What's one thing I could do to help improve our relationship? Be amazed. I... I always think, yeah, I'll know. I know what he's going to say. Almost never. Because I'm not in his head. He's not in my head. It's, it's, you have to ask these questions to know what's working and what's not. Love it. But some of this, those were some, some, some um, great, uh, great feedback for people if you're watching or listening. And again, gang, if you have questions about relationships, um, put them in a comment and we'll do our best to cover it. Now, what happens when relationships are just okay? And yeah, so, so most relationships, I would say, in the world kind of fall in that okay range. Um, one thing to remember is okay usually ends up bad. Relationships, I would say, are usually under some sort of entropy, right? So that they're slowly always losing a little bit of um, positivity, energy. So you think of um, maybe a friendship you have. It starts out great. You spend a lot of time together. Time goes on. You kind of assume this person's solid. Maybe you see each other less. Maybe you start saying less like positive things to them. Suddenly it kind of fades out. That's that's at least a reasonably healthy way, even if you've lost the relationship. You think of a marriage. You know, you start out, there's the honeymoon phase. Oh, you're just the best. I love you. Oh, thank you for doing that. Right? Lots of positive affirmation. You're putting a lot of energy in. Suddenly, 10 years down the road, 
maybe there's kids, you're busy, you're tired, you know this person too well, and you're not putting in those positive pieces. Suddenly the relationship now goes to okay. And where's it heading to? Probably heading to bad unless you change something. It's the same with all your business relationships, right? You start out, you meet a new client, you're doing really well for them, you serve them, they're, they're so happy. Oh my God, they give you this rave review. What are you doing to follow up with them? Do you have a really good system where they still feel connected to you? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're on a mailing list. Maybe they never hear from you again. <laughs> Those are very different things. And suddenly this person who could have been maybe a great referral, um, giving you more testimonials, come back for more of your programs, right? That's often uncapitalized for a lot of entrepreneurs. Now this person's kind of broken away from you. And yeah. so that's that's really my work is taking relationships that are okay and recognizing that they can be better. We don't want to stay in okay land. We want to take the effort, challenging though it might be, pinchy though it might be, um, you know, the effort that it takes and recognize that that keeps sustained relationships. It keeps healthy relationships. And if they're not working, if that's still happening, then please, I mean, obviously I would love it if you come work with me, but if anyone seek someone that can support you in that, if you're finding that they're all going to that bad place. 100%. Well, as a guy who runs a business specializing in follow-ups, I can attest to how important <laughs> follow-ups are in keeping and maintaining a relationship. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to business. Like literally yesterday, I called a person to follow up on a lead magnet that they downloaded. Yeah. Turns out to be a university professor from Florida. Had a chat with her. Hey, I'm calling to see what's going on. Our system shows that you downloaded this. I am actually the guy who created it. And she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm calling to see if you have any questions. Do you have a, can I help? And she's like, oh, I downloaded this to, to show this to my students in my class, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then I'm like, would you like me to run a session for your class? She's like, that would be great. So in a week or two, I'm going to do a lecture for her class in front of a bunch of doctors that are graduating. <laughs> and then... I asked, uh, I'm just following your, your, your thoughts on, on asking for introductions and stuff. And I said, do you know anyone else that might be interested in a lecture or in a, in a presentation like this? She goes, I actually know the person that runs the association in the state of Florida. And I'm like, would you be open to an introduction? She's like, yeah, I'd be happy to. And that was just a simple 10 minute conversation. And now we have a relationship. Now I'm going to follow up. So the follow up on, on relationships is huge. And um, that's pretty much why I got into that business. Well, uh, this, this was one of the reasons, I mean, I had you on my show and I love that you talked about this because I do see your business as very relational and the pieces that you do that are so good is, yeah, you're taking that from a text conversation, right? They were on your email list to calling them. Okay, so now yeah. you have a voice, now you have that interest. You gave them something of value. You said, I will come in and do a session for your students. And then you ask the question, which is a big piece too. It's scary to ask, right? Hearing, you know, you might hear a no. You ask the question, do you know anyone else? And you've given her so much already that she was so excited to do that. And that, wow, just a perfect example. 100%. That, I was so thrilled. <laughs> I yeah, think if you're watching or listening, I actually made a bunch of other calls where it was no answer. And a bunch of other people that are like, I'm not interested. Why are you calling me? Blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, it's okay. 
I'm just going to keep calling until I talk to the right person. And now I'm probably going to get in front of a whole bunch of people that could be ideal clients and customers. And you never know what happens. Totally. Huh. Let's talk about dealing with tough people and tough clients <laughs> when it comes to relationships. And earlier you you, brought, you talked about, about an example where you could have probably handled the situation better, but because you didn't do it, the friend or the friendship is gone. So let's talk about tough relationships, clients or people. Um, how do we connect or, or deal with tough people? Yeah. So just a small question. Uh, one of, well, so, so you have a couple different ways and it, it depends on when you're approaching this. So the first thing you can do to have more skill or skillfulness and how you deal with tough people is do the work ahead of time, right? Take some classes with me, with someone else, understand how people might have different perspectives than you. That's often the biggest conflict, right? Is this person saying this thing, this person saying this thing, they actually mean the same thing, but they're just not, there's something lost in communication. So pre-developing those skills that when you see something happening in someone else, you can recognize, oh, maybe they're reacting to this. Maybe it's just the way I said it. All of those pieces, that, that's the ideal way. That's what I would encourage everyone to do. When you're in a situation with someone and it's tough, you kind of have two options. The first, the first thing you want to do is you want to ask yourself, is this a relationship I'm invested in? Invested is in, I want it to continue. I want to stay healthy. I want to be healthier. There might be the case where you say no. So let's say you are uh, doing a discovery call with a client and you start talking to them and they start going off on something and you're going, well, this is a tough client. You know, even, even if you need the money, I would honestly very much encourage people if they're getting a sense that there's not going to be that fit to say, Hey, look, I really appreciate our time together. I actually don't think I'm the best person to serve you. You know what? I have this other guy who does X, Y, Z similar to me. Would you like me to introduce you? Because I think they might be a better match. Great. You can close your relationship. That's not someone you have invested time in. You want to invest more time in. You can literally say, please don't ghost. Ghosting is, it's, it's easy. It's, you know, mentally easy to just let people go. But please do take the time to to close those relationships. Um, and then the other thing you have to do though, is if it is a tough relationship and you're in it and you're committed, this is the fight with your spouse. This is the client that you're working with and want to keep. This is um, whatever it looks like. If you're in a, in a, if you're an employee, right. And you're struggling with your boss or a boss struggling with your employee, those are relationships you want to keep you're invested in. So how are you investing? And I, once again, this actually, comes back to feedback a lot of the time. You can acknowledge that something is not working. This is a weird thing. A lot of people feel like they need permission to say, hey, something's up, right? Again, that awkward conversation might be a little bit challenging, but Mustafa, look, the last three times we've talked, I've noticed you've hung up the call pretty quick. There seems to be something going on. Can you tell me about it? That can be it. Prepare yourself again, make sure you're calm and, and ready to see, receive what's going to happen. But the likelihood is it's not as bad as you think. And the thing is, even if it is as bad as you think, you probably still were thinking about it more than it mattered or really is relevant, right? So, because I know, for example, when I think something's wrong in a relationship, you know, you feel that tension 
and you're kind of aware like, oh, they said it was fine, but I don't know. Every time I see them, they get mad at me. Now they're that tough client. You know something's wrong. We're, we got those instincts, right? I'm sitting there at home going, what the heck has happened? What did I say that they didn't like? Oh, they probably hate me now. Oh, they're never going to. Almost never is it that. It's usually, oh, I really wanted this instead. I would have appreciated this. I just need to get something off my chest and then I'll feel better. Great. You, you have that opportunity. And that's dealing with a tough client is understanding a tough client, asking them those questions and reconnecting. Yeah. I think a lot of this goes back to being honest with yourself and with others as to yeah. like dealing with a tough customer. Um, I know that if I'm, even if I need the money, if I'm, if I'm not being honest with myself, I would probably take that tough customer that I know it's going to be a headache customer. And then later on, it's going to be a bad relationship. Yeah. And I know I did that because I wasn't being honest with myself and with them. Yeah. And um, I, th I think that the, the honesty piece always works, works better. Like I'll give you a personal example. The other day I was talking to my wife and there was something I wasn't happy about. And then I was thinking about it for like a day and a half. What am I going <laughs> to say? What am I not going to say? And then I, I called her. And I'm like, Hey, I think this was not right. And she's like, Oh, I had no idea. And it was fixed in like 15 seconds. And I thought about it for two freaking days. <laughs> and then I think that honesty kind of helps quite a bit. With, I, uh, yeah. Look, so the two questions were, the first question was, is this a relationship I want, a relationship I want to be invested in? Yeah. And what I'm going to add to that, gang, is if you watch or see any clues in the beginning of a relationship that you're not okay with, they're going to continue most likely. An example is a few months ago, I was talking to a prospect and I was asking questions and he goes, don't do your sales crap on me. And then I'm like, <laughs> we need to end this conversation real fast because yeah. if it starts like this, it's probably going to continue like this. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing um, you mentioned that was really good was um, acknowledge if something is not working. So, uh, Leah, can we do a, 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 a Mustafa exposed and coached session section or right now? Sure. This is what we do. I get some live coaching on my on my own show. Oh, great. So, um, I am in a friendship where I think we're not serving each other okay. enough anymore. And I've been thinking about ending this relationship, but it's that niceness and that it's like stopping me you know i'm like what am i gonna tell this guy how am i gonna end this because i think it's not serving so what do you think is the best way to reach out to the other person and the thing is i don't want to hurt him and i i still want to be friends but i don't i want to stop um working on a project per se oh, okay you know what i mean um, so that's the dilemma that I am dealing with. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. I love that you do this. What a great opportunity for you on your own show to, to get that. Um, I mean, I guess my question is what vibes are you getting or, or feedback or, you know, input are you getting that's making you think it's not a good match? So your, your example, when you said they hang up the phone real quick, that's exactly what we're getting. And I feel like we're not in the same place 
mentally, business-wise, and the rest of it. Yeah. So there are there are indicators to you right now that things are good, and they're not just from you. It's not that every time you're the one hanging up the phone, you're, this guy's like so happy to see you every time, and you're going like, man, I don't like him. It sounds like there's some equal pieces you're seeing from him as well. Yes. Yes. Um, I love that you used the word honesty earlier because it's this is not going to sound fun for anyone. It's not probably encouraging people to work with me, but you know, this is, it's hard work, right? If there was a magic wand I could wave and everyone's relationships would be perfect and happy and easy, then I would definitely be out of a job. It takes this first piece that you've done, which is being honest with yourself. This isn't working for me. I don't want to do this anymore. Then the second piece is, if, if you do want, it sounds like you don't want to invest in terms of this project, but you do still want to stay invested in the relationship. You want there to be some connection and care because you like this person, you care about Yeah, them. I don't want to destroy the relationship. I just want the friendship. Uh, yeah. I still want to be friends, but I would just want to be nicely saying, let's stop doing this and continue our friendship. Yeah. So the piece I would say, and then that, that's the hard work is because now you have to be the one starting this conversation, it sounds like, is... I, I would say curiosity is usually a great way to approach these things. So I would ask him, for example, like in the last month, what have been some of the top interactions we've had or some of the top results you think we've had from our partnership? I don't know the situation perfectly, but if you're asking him the positive questions and he says, oh yeah, no, uh, uh, we've made so much money together and the project seems to be going smoothly. Okay, what are some of the challenges you've had in this partnership for the last little while. Oh, uh, and it might take a little while. You might have to kind of sit in that bit of silence as things happen. Um, generally, people will bring up at least something. And if it's something that you've noticed as well, you can validate. You know what? I've I've noticed that too. It, it really does seem like we've been clashing a lot. How much, how much time have you been putting in? How much time have we been putting in this project together? 20 hours a week. Okay, so we put in 20 hours a week and we're clashing a lot. I don't know about you, but what I'm hearing is this is not always a great situation for you. And I've got to be honest, it's not always great for me. Would you say that's fair? And you just keep, you can keep putting pieces of your experience in, but you're really asking about their experience. You're validating their experience and you're kind of sitting in this empathy together, right? Because because like I said, it's it's very rare that one person doesn't at least have a sense that something's happening, right? Like if you're having a bad experience with him, there's a good likelihood he's not having the best experience with you. And just that curiosity, keep keep approaching with empathy and keep asking questions. You will get to a point where you kind of have figured out why he's not enjoying it, why you're not enjoying it. Can you come to a consensus of, and, and you can keep affirming, dude, I, I love you as a friend. Like, I, I don't get why this isn't working, but it really sucks because I feel like I'm losing our friendship. Yeah. Like, I love I love going back to the honesty piece. And one thing, I, 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 and uh, asking their questions, like, what are the, how do you think, how is that relationship? What do you think we're achieving here? What do you think are some of that challenges here? And um, one thing I learned from Chris Voss, the uh, FBI negotiator, is like he calls it, uh, uh, God, what does he call it? Um, uh, is like, I'm gonna call it calling it out before you kind of start. So, you go, I, I would start with, I'm gonna sound like an asshole, right? Yeah. And then when you say, What I'm gonna say, you're not gonna like, and then once I lay it out, honestly, they're gonna be like, Oh, thank you for putting that out. 
that's just going to diffuse all that negative energy. So, so, so this is, this is, this is great. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. You say that it's, that is actually a type of boundary and we're not very good with this as, as again, a kind of society, but as much as you can ever pre-state boundaries, it's so helpful for people. Like often we get mad at people when they, you know, don't honor our boundaries, but they don't even know what they were. So we're just mad at them for something they didn't know about, but saying this is going to be this kind of conversation or, Hey, you know, are you okay if we do a little bit of feedback sharing right now? Or, you know, I need to talk to you about something important. Can I share how I feel? Those are actually all boundaries. They're saying, hey, this has a specific, you know, agenda to it. I, I use the word agenda a lot because I think a lot of people see it as really negative, right? I have an agenda that I'm going to get this out of this, but we all do in absolutely every conversation. And like you said, sometimes calling it out and saying like, hey, man, my plan for this conversation is it's going to suck and I'm going to be an asshole. Great. You've stated a boundary, you have an agenda and they're aware of it, right? It's almost like stating an intention ahead of time instead of just assuming everyone's going to be in your brain the whole time. I, I do that. I've yeah. never do this. I know I still do this, but as much as we can keep practicing it, it's such a useful skill. You know, yeah. I, I, I've been, I've been hurt for being honest and, um, and uh, I think these two pieces, one as 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 calling it out, like I'm going to be honest, and you're probably going to hate me, or you're going to think I'm a, I'm a bad person. But would you be? And then the, I think the next piece for me would be permission, asking for permission, like you said, asking those questions and getting permission to share feedback, yeah. which will diffuse it. Because because and out of place of love, I've been in places where I tried to share honest feedback and I got punched and I got you know, pushed back and I got called an asshole for being honest and sharing um, constructive feedback or what I thought it was. Yeah. But um, that would also hurt the relationship. Speaking of relationships. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I wish I could go. I, I, I spend out. I, I teach feedback. It's a, it's not. I, I mean, as much as I can talk about it here is and just try it out. It is a much more complicated skill to do really um, like positively and skillfully and that it gets you the results you want. Um, but yes, ask for consent, let people know it's coming. Ask, for right. Consent, right. Like it, it does make a difference to know like, Oh, what just happened? Someone just, you know, gave me this thing I wasn't ready for. It's often not pleasant. And oh, I, there was another piece I really wanted to touch on. Um, but like you said, this is, this is a piece of, um, like what you said, that truth focused, and sometimes it does break relationships. Yeah, I it, it is a delicate dance. And this is where you have to kind of get a sense of the person that you know, because some people are they are not at this point. I hate to say it. Some people are very deep in their own story, their own victimhood, their own trauma, whatever it is. So part of this, do I want to invest in this relationship is is this person ready to take this investment even if I do it start it very gentle and keep working my way in there um, but what often happens is we put everyone under that umbrella because we've had that one bad experience with that person that took it horribly and then got mad at us and and all that and it's it's like a spectrum I, on continuums if you think of a continuum of like truth focused to harmony focused when you're going into a situation are you going to tell the hard truth or are you going to focus on you know just keeping things nice so no one gets upset People often base all of their things. They go over to this like harmony focus side and they just do anything to pretend like things are good. Like maybe you're doing a little with your friend right now. Like I've done plenty of relationships too. We all do. 
And it's knowing, like, is this a relationship one where I can go truth focused and I want to go truth focused? Is it a relationship where I'm got to stay in this harmony side? Because if I rock the boat, things are going to be bad. I work a lot in offices with this, right? This is if you don't have psychological safety in an office, everyone's going to be on that harmony focus side. You're not going to get any of what's actually happening. So it's such a big piece you brought up. Absolutely. Um, we promised people some tools that is going to help them build the uh, report and trust right away. What are, what do you have in your toolbox? Uh, once again, a very big question for a short amount of time. Um, one of the tools that I find easiest, and this is again, that second part of personality typology is you get your self-awareness and then you learn about other people and use that to improve your relationships. Um, the condensed version of it is the biggest tool or one of the strongest tools is like recognize your own patterns and what you see as valuable and what your strengths are and what your joys are. And it sounds very simple to say, much more complicated to do. And then really pay attention to what other people are doing. So in every situation, if you notice, for example, like quick rapport for entrepreneurs, this is the down and dirty. If you notice that they are using words like think, information, um, you know, very analytical, probably not talking a lot about like family and how you're doing, they're getting straight to the point. Reflect that, right? Maybe you're the most lovey feely person in the world and that's totally fine. But when you're talking with that one person, your new client, your person that you're networking with, oh, they're using a lot of thinking words. Okay. So I'm going to reflect that. I'm going to give them the information they want. I'm going to, I'm going to do that you know, other way, maybe you're meeting with someone who's giving you a lot, they talk to you. And right from the beginning, they're going, how are you? They really want to know they want to have that conversation. If you start going into all the details of your program, or all the information and facts, they're going to just check out and be like, well, this person doesn't care about me, right? Reflect that piece back to them. Um, You get people who are very organized and structured. So you'll hear them talking, actually, honesty and loyalty is usually a, a strong term that they Uh, care about but they'll talk about like structures and plans great do you have a program that's like well laid out and scheduled they want to know what's happening they're going to be there early right they're they're those organized people and that's how they see the world so give them those pieces be on time and respectful um you know help them understand what's going to happen and then you also get and this is like the big entrepreneurial energy you get your adventurous spontaneous people and i'm sure you've met people and go in conversation and suddenly you're in seven different directions and it's super energetic and fun and you're like what what just happened um and same thing you don't want to give those people all the details and facts and schedules you want to have fun with them and go for that ride and if you can look at every interaction and just very quickly think to yourself what is this person's goal right now is their goal to connect with me on an emotional level? And so I'm getting those emotional keywords. Is their goal to learn some information about what I'm doing? Okay, I can connect with them on that level. And, and this is like in every situation across the board. My kid's coming to me and they're screaming at me. Okay, like what is it that they actually want? What is their goal out of this conversation? Is screaming to get some sort of connection with me that I'm going to pay attention to them? Right? That, is, that a, is that that affection seeking or connection seeking? Not attention seeking, connection seeking. Um, you know, is it that there's something that hurts and they don't have a better way to describe it? Often bad behavior is just this, you know, reflection of someone not being in a great place, having unmet needs. And when we can start thinking like, why the heck would they do this? Even really toxic behavior, you, you, if you want, you can dive deep, deep dive and go, why, 
what is serving this person about this interaction? No one's stupid. No one does stuff for, you know, that they don't think is going to work. They found some way they've, they've learned through their trauma or some other manipulation or whatever, that this behavior is going to give them something. What the heck is it? Love it. Love it. Uh, Leah, could you tell us about your uh, gift for the people that are watching or listening? Yeah. Um, so I want to support people in their relationships. That's, that's kind of the whole thing. Uh, if you have questions about this, if you want to know more about the things I offer, but honestly, just if you want a little bit of help, uh, let's just book some time uh, for free consultation. We could talk through a couple things. I can give you a couple tools right away that you can use and practice and try out and we can check in. And that's really it. Just, I, I would love to be there as a resource for you. Fantastic. So now gang, if you're watching or listening to get access to uh, Leah's complimentary consultation, go to meetlea.ca. That's M-E-E-T-L-E-A-H.ca. Meetlea.ca. Get a hold of her, book an appointment, have a conversation about your relationships. And I, 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 we're out of time right now, and I'm just halfway through my questions, and we could easily talk another hour or two about relationships because this is a favorite topic of mine. I've, I've worked on it. I've uh, studied it people, our behavior and the rest of it. So we could probably go on forever. Um, would it be all right if I ask you a couple of personal questions? Please, yeah. What's uh, something new you have tried recently, big or small? Ooh, oh my God. Uh, there's lots of things. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, st I'll stick to a business one. Um, it just, I, I'm trying to build this uh, quiz because I was asked for and um, I'm, I, I feel like I'm pretty decent with the computer stuff, but it was still learning uh, new systems and a new way to plug things in and trying to figure out what the most effective way is. And I find my entrepreneurial journey has been very good for like constantly having like, how am I gonna deal with this thing? Oh, what's that thing over there? So I'll use that one. Love it. So building a quiz. Yep. All right, give me two of your favorite books. Ooh, okay. Well, Lord of the Rings is is right up there. Um, my brother's like a super genius, and he was hard to connect to because I'm not a math person, and so I couldn't talk to him about a lot of things. But he liked Tolkien because he was a linguistic uh, guy, and so we connected over Lord of the Rings. So I love the books. I love the movies. My cats are named after Tolkien characters, so we're a nerdy house. So I'm gonna say Lord of the Rings is one. Um, and ooh, oh, there's so many. Um, I'm going to go with nonviolent communication because it is a foundational for more on the business and, and personal development side. Um, nonviolent communication is a phenomenal way of looking at how people work, how we communicate, why it causes us pain or happiness. Uh, so I highly recommend it to people. It's been one of those books that definitely shifted my view of people. Love it. Nonviolent communications. Yes. Beauty. What's one advice that made a big impact in your business or life? Again, there's so many. Um, I'm going to go with, with something um, a coach I was lucky to work with uh, had told me, which I, I, I've taken on, I believe, and is quite uh, powerful, is everything you believe to be true is true until it isn't. And 
I really, this has been a constant practice for me. I haven't always done it perfectly. I've definitely struggled with it. But every time I say something like a fact, like, oh, this person is this way. This is a good thing. This is a bad thing. Whatever it is, trying to take that moment to go, okay. So that I'm assuming this is my truth. And that's based on my experience and my trauma and my everything that's come from there. And it's probably not a truth for another person. And it's only true till I decide it's not. So if there's a way I can, you know, advance to the next level beyond that thinking or see it from more empathic place, whatever that is, it gives me the option to, to revamp. And it always makes me think I, I went to New Zealand a couple of years ago with a couple of friends and one, we loved hiking and the other didn't. And, uh, I remember being in this beautiful mountain valley and just going, this is the best day of my life. That was my truth. Nature is beautiful. My one friend was like, I hate today. And that was to me like the the solidification of all of this is like, you can decide your truth anytime. You can decide, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Am I happy? Am I sad? You've got that power. Love it. Everything is, everything you believe to be true is true until it isn't. I think it goes back to that honesty piece as well. Like sometimes we're not honest to ourselves and we hold some messed up belief and then, and then it's sometimes not as true as we want it to be. Well, and even I I would argue this is for positive things too, right? Like all the positive things I believe to be true are true until maybe something bad happens in my life. And I go, well, that's bull. And now I'm going to, Right. So it's it's just every every single thing that we think is fact. It's very rare to get actual facts in the world. 100%. If you had a Google or a Facebook ad where people around the globe with access to Internet could see that ad, what would your message be for people of Earth? I'm going to go I'm going to go with like maybe choose curiosity over control. Choose curiosity over control. Yeah, because there's there's a lot we can we want to control because the world can be scary and we don't know what's happening. And I see it especially in relationships. People try to micromanage each other, or they tell people they shouldn't do things or can't do things, and it becomes this very tight, restrictive. And you can always choose to be curious and say instead of trying to you know control this thing, I could say, oh well, what's happening for you? I would like to know more like you with your friend, you could try to control it and just, you know, break the relationship and he doesn't have a say in that. Cause you can control that. Technically you could just ghost him, I guess, or tell him to screw off or you can choose curiosity and be like, Hey, what's happening for you. Okay. What are we going to do with this? Love it. Love it. Love it. Leah, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. Thank you for your knowledge and wisdom. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coaching me. Um, thank you for, uh, Gen- generously sharing your time and sharing a compliment- complimentary consultation with to help people with their relationships. Gang, if you're watching or listening, and if there isn't a relationship that you want to work on and you want to improve, get a hold of Leah. You can find her find her across social media, and you can go to meetleah.ca, book a call, and have a conversation with her. Leah, is there anything that you would you maybe wanted to mention but we didn't get a chance to talk about? real quick before we wrap up? I I don't think there's anything that would be real quick. Like you said, this conversation, I love chatting with you. So I feel this conversation could go lots of ways, but I just want to say thank you so much. It's been 
a pleasure. And I, I certainly hope to be able to help anyone if they're having some challenges. Fantastic. Gang, if you still have questions or comments, feel free to post them and we'll do our best to answer them. Have yourself a great uh, week. Uh, one thing that I have coming up is I'm going to be running uh, some workshops, uh, marketing workshops coming up. I'll make announcements here and there. Keep an eye for them. They're going to be nice half-day workshops and they're going to be interesting and to the point and they're going to be live. So keep an eye on that and I'll make announcements and hopefully we'll hang out and uh, talk about stuff. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs>